Hi everyone, welcome to Mixtape Mixtape. Podcast, podcast. I'm your host, Julia. And I'm your host, Mike. Each episode, we pick a topic and make you a mix. What's this week's topic, Julia? This week, we expose that every song you love goes back to black musicians. That is very true. Yes. This is our hundredth episode. Hundred episode. Can you believe it? Remix. Um, hundred episode. Hundred episodes. Wow. Yeah. It feels like we've done so much more, which we have because we do the mini episodes. Are you saying it feels so much longer? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like. Um, I feel like I've always done this and I've never had a part of me that has never done this. <laughs> the pandemic has kind of made this feel a lot more drawn out than I think it normally would be. Yeah, um, I think because we can't like be in the same room together and and record. Which right. Is a bummer. Right. Um, it's a testament to us adapting and overcoming, though, because we just said truly. we first said, let's just wait the pandemic out. And then we realized, oh, wait, it's bigger than both of us. Yeah. Remember when everyone this. thought it was going to be like three weeks? And then... Yeah. We thought it was just going to be a rad vacation and everybody was cool. <laughs> yeah. And then it turns out they're not cool and they're just people that you have to deal with every day and, and you have to fight yeah. for murdering anyone that you've ever met ever in your mm-hmm. life like that. You know, kind of yeah. like that. <laughs> it only took 400,000 people to die to uh, adapt to living wah, in the pandemic. Wah. Good Lord. Um, More like the you... crystal meth belt. Whoa. Debbie Downer. I mean, if I were a more prepared person, which I basically had a four-day weekend, so you think I would have done something. Right. But, um, but. I could have tallied up, like, how many songs we've played um, you know, in these hundred episodes. Could have did some archival history and some things. <laughs> and had a little recap. We could have done one of those where, like, the sitcom <laughs> wants to catch you up, and they do a little recap starring Don Knotts or whatever, and they kind of go back and tell you about the history of the characters. But no, we did Maybe not do that. Maybe we will, because we could do a mini after this full-length one, and we'll do some of that stuff. I just know, like, we probably played Elvis Costello, The Clash, um, and a lot of ska music. Probably, I think all those of are that. probably I think that's the top, pretty true. The top artists there, yeah, yeah, probably. Um, yes, yeah. yes, I'm sure uh, you <laughs> know it's a lot of the same, a lot of the same stuff, guys. Mm-hmm. I, I, who listens to this? I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> well, that and we're at the age where, yeah, I listen to new music, but I'm probably gonna listen to the same stuff I've always listened to for the past like 20 years at this point, yeah, so there's no changing my my you know what you should do you should have a podcast that focuses on new music (laughs) you know what so here's my idea is like i we need to have my nephew on who is early 20s uh 
who like like music is life type of kid yeah and will play bands for me that never heard of make no sense um don't make no sense that make me feel old so maybe well, we they should all have him on old, so and like yeah it'll just be an abusive episode where he just makes us feel Ten times our age. Because he just beat us down. Um, so, well, let me be the first to say to you, happy yes. anniversary. Looks like happy we made anniversary. it. anniversary, yes. You know, looks like we made it. Look how far we've come. <laughs> Cue the Shania Twain. Here's to a hundred more or, or until we're just not really playing like a theme and we're just like rehashing. Um, right. We're just redoing <laughs> the old stuff. You guys, I don't know if everybody knows this, but Julie and I are starting our own podcast network. The next one is going to be Championship ER Talk, where it's all ER mm-hmm. all the time. So if you're interested in that, do a like and a follow. I mean, we you know, let's roll. We <laughs> could talk Mark? about. Are you yes. a Carrie? Are you a Doug? Are you a Doug? Are you a? Um, are you a? I don't know their names now anymore. Are you a Doctor Morgan Stern? Doctor. No. Oh my God! You know who just came to my head? No, not Dr. Morgan Stern, Dr. Um, Rocket. What was his name? Rocket. The He was a surgeon, but he was a dick. Oh, he was yeah. Called. He, yes, that guy's Romano. great. He loses Dr. his arm. Romano. Dr. Romano. Yes. Yeah. So if you guys are into championship ER talk and you want to talk about uh, dramas that have been off TV for almost 20 years, then uh, we're your people. We're your people. We're right here. We're right here. Also, maybe do one for Fantasy Island. I don't know. Uh, Twilight Zone episodes. That one would be really good too. We could do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, you shout it out. You let us know what you like. And <clears throat> wait, what if we let what if we let the audience pick and they pick something like we have to watch we have to watch all four seasons of The Commish. <laughs> or like or, or it's like all nine seasons of murder she wrote oh god oh we're watching god. Allie McBeal everybody Allie McBeal That's... dancing babies oh god do, do, do. Uh, okay <laughs> well so this is our uh this is this is our hundredth episode and because it's in honor of Black History Month uh and based on the based on the one would say revolutionary times we had in the past year. Um, this is our way of paying a little homage to that. Uh, every song, every rock and roll song you've ever heard, or pop song for that matter, has probably been stolen. Some lick, some guitar phrasing, some melody has been stolen from a black artist. Uh, you know, whether that be John Lee Hooker or or Ray Charles or or howlin j hawkins or you know i mean you name it It, it's been stolen so we're here we're gonna take it back from a little bit tonight yeah so the goal today is to introduce you to uh the pioneers of black music pioneers of rock and roll pioneers of american music um you know yeah and like just to let you know that Rolling Stones didn't create that sound, you know. No, absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. So, they and there's some really great resources that are out there. This actually, this this topic has a lot of coverage. I mean, it, it seems like yes. anybody who got a music appreciation class has done a thesis and, and want to get a doc, doctoral in their music has done this as far as you know the stealing of essentially of black culture through music and uh making it of their own all the way from 
even before Elvis, but Elvis would be the most notable, right? All the way down to totally. All the way down to you know what's his name? Um, Robin Thicke oh, is the latest one, but there's that have that's gotten the news for it. But there's all kinds. Of, I mean, it happens every day. Oh yeah, I mean, I'll just say right now, I'm choosing Big Frida, and she does not get the credit she deserves for. Not so much white artists, but artists like Beyonce or Drake haven't right. have used her sound, have used her likeness, her aesthetic in her mu- in their music, and don't give her the credit that she deserves. And right. she's a pioneer of that sound. So yeah. we'll get more into that. But you know, right? Well, I mean, that's a good place to start. Then um, why don't you go first? If you got sure. Your- yeah, I'll just play Big Frida. Um, like I said, she is the queen of bounce. And she does not like she's she's um, she's recognizable. And I think we're all fans, but she's not a mainstream artist, but her sound is mainstream. And as a pioneer of that sound, we don't hear enough from the artist itself or who developed that sound. And that's kind of a shame. And um like bounce music is like just super high energy dance hip hop music um, tweaked by DJs. I'm definitely not gonna describe that. Well, and that it, it gets the sound. It gets the sound that it gets because of the actual bounce motion, right? I mean, that yes. every the whole crowd is jumping. The dance that goes with it, and she right. like she puts on these super high energy shows. She's very body positive. A member of the LGBTQA. Um, um, movement super empowering artist um and who had her first single in 1998 when that sound was you know huge and like i said um drake i think either featured her type of music or like some lyrics from her and got pushback when he was going to release the video for that song and so he like reluctantly put her in the video but it was maybe like two seconds of her in the video instead of like, you know, she deserved to be in the entire video the whole time. Same with like right. Beyonce, like she kind of did this whole New Orleans um, video, inspired video. And that's like Big Frida's territory and like the sound like she deserved to be in that. Um, so she I know Big Frida has like her own show on. I don't even know the network, some obscure music network um she has her own tv show where she plays videos and stuff but definitely an artist that we should all be listening to and so much fun yeah well why don't you go ahead and play it play her yep and then i was under the impression we were going to play two songs i thought we were going to play like a clip of the original and then a clip of the a clip of what was stolen but do it um, okay cool. I, right. I did more like pioneers and you did a lot of stolen stuff i did so a lot of stolen I did, stuff yeah i did some but that's good stolen that's good. stuff too but it'll be a good mix so yeah, sure. let's listen to booty wop first cool Exactly how I remember that. I, I saw her 
Um, music tastes good one year in Long yep. Beach, and the whole crowd was going crazy. It was mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, it was really cool to see. She was definitely a highlight of the day. And talk about an artist that not a lot of people, uh, other than the hip hop community on the West Coast, would even know, right? I mean, there's people, you know. So, um, and I think what people, I think people that I know anyway that are uh, based in in Southern California that are even hip hop artists that they know Big Frida, but they think of it as an LGBTQA act. You know what I mean? But the reality yes. is she's she's not that. Like she's she's a lot of a lot of different things. And just really fun. Just really super fun. And you get you totally get the feel of that bounce music and, and why that was popular at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And even now. So it's just like Scott it's just like anything else. You know, it's got a, they've got their own little subgenres and all this stuff. Um with uh and I say little like it's like it's demeaning. I gotta stop doing that. Um but anyway, she <laughs> she's uh She's definitely a really great artist and stole really one of the artists that stole the day when I saw her play. So, so very cool. Uh, and totally. yeah, dude, like, you know what, because you're main, that's the, the problem. I think more than, more than, um, different artists or different styles of music in every genre, there, there's people that are very popular that will steal from those who are in the street. You know what I mean? Totally. There's people that are in the street and they're street artists, right? Mm-hmm. They're just like, they've mastered that. And because I mean, most people have to go mainstream in order to make a living, right? But there are mm-hmm. artists that are out there that are grassroots, and we see it mostly in we see it in hip hop, but we also see it, you know, for years saw it in like punk rock and and you know not really ska, too many too many members, <laughs> but a little bit in ska. But you you would see it in 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 people that were have mastered the street level, which if you could master the street level, you have a career. You have a career your whole life because you know how to rebrand, remarket yourself, how to get back out into those contacts. It's like it's the difference in politics between buying votes and the way Barack Obama did it, knocking on doors. If you if you're good at knocking on doors, if you're good at putting up flyers, if you're good at like getting people out to your shows, then you will be a success. You'll have a career in this because that is the fun part of anything. That's the fun part of starting a starting a record label that's the fun part of, of being an, involved in anything is the grassroots piece where you get everybody involved and uh music like that bounce movement was really great for that so mm-hmm. as a as a white guy who's only experienced it twice in my entire life but i will tell you it's fun it's fun <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> anyway um i went a different tact a little bit and uh, i did more of the songs that were stolen really um from mostly white artists harlow what's up yeah. Sorry. Pause for dog. Pause for dog. Hey. Shut Stop. it. Recording. Stop she it. She looks at me and then she You're... turns away like she, like she can't look at me. This is the message to all the dogs. Everybody who's listening to this, take your headphones out and put it on the stereo. Let the TV play it, whatever. To message to all the dogs. You're a terrible burden on your poor families, okay? You need to behave. 1,000%. You oh need to behave. God. All right? Literally You're lucky. You're lucky. Exactly. Everything. Talk about Dwight too. He's sitting right out there, he's scratching up the door right now. Like, why can't I be in there? <sighs> hey, dude, you can't. You can't be everywhere, I, bro. You can't be everywhere. <laughs> I think that's why I would want a cat, just because they're not as needy. Yeah, like, I want a hairless cat. Just... I just want a cat that looks like chicken cutlets in the corner, just like. <laughs> I can't do that. They're, they're all oily and stinky. No. Ugh, mm-hmm. gross. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna do because I brought it up. I'm gonna do blurred lines. Um, I don't know. Um, robin thick at all 
I know his dad was on Growing Pains, and I liked it. Yeah. And he had a late night show for like ten minutes, and I liked it. I think he's a nice Canadian. Um, I don't know Robin Thicke at all. I don't know his music that much. I know this song, um, and I get that he's like a you know, swinging like white blue eyed soul man or whatever it is. That's fine. But Ti and Pharrell knew. They knew. They produced this. They were on it. They knew. <laughs> they how knew much that they this... were paid to make. Possibly, Robin possibly. Thicke. I mean, we're all paid for yeah. something, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're gonna listen to Blurred Lines, and right after that, we're gonna get, we're gonna listen to "Gotta Give It Up" by Marvin Gaye, just a little bit, and you'll definitely hear okay. the plagiarism, plagiarism <laughs> that this white guy did with this Marvin Gaye classic. You don't get how do you like bite Marvin Gaye? Like you can't make it better than it was. You know what I mean? It's just you- dumb. You do it because he's passed on, and you and he can can't. Get and his estate isn't that powerful. Give me a break. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here it comes. This is blurred lines by Robin Thicke, and then after that, we'll do "Gotta Give It Up." kids that are going to listen to Robin Thicke aren't listening to Marvin Gaye and would have no idea like right for sure where even that the came way they from. chose to record it even with the with the with the drum beat going or the kind of um what do you call it cowbell and rattle can kind of like percussion in the background and the crowd in the uh-huh. background it was a yeah. it wasn't just like oh we're going to steal this melody and use it. We're going to steal the exact means of production and yeah. make it sound exactly like that in the background and stuff. It's just, dude. The aesthetic, literally everything about That's that fine. Just give him the writing credit so he doesn't have yeah. to sue you, in which they did ended they, up suing him. <laughs> they did, right? And yes, did Marvin yes. Gaye's estate win? Yeah, I think they did. Oh. I'm, to be honest, I didn't get that far. I, I, I honestly we'll I believe that they did. Uh, so, yeah, don't steal, man. Like, just here's the thing. I, I know that art is dead. I get it. I get that there's every medium that you've been, whether it be watercolors mm-hmm. or rattle cans or poetry or collage or whatever it is you're into. I get that there's somebody who's been greater at that than you before you. I understand all of that, but you still have to contribute an original verse, right? And I don't know. That isn't a complete bite. I mean, hip hop, they steal beats from everybody, but they make it into something way more unique. You know what yes. I mean? Where you're using the beat in a different way. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> what do you got next? So, um, I, blah, blah, blah. so my song is Hound Dog. Made. Um, got it. Infamous by Elvis Presley. Right. But originally sang by Big Mama Thornton in 1953. Yep. And I prefer her version because it has emotion to it yeah and this was a time where um 
like the mid late 50s and stuff uh white artists were re-recording black music like crazy because it was safer for the white audience yeah it was way more way more marketable and kids (laughs) thought it dangerous it's dangerous right it talks about Mm -hmm. rock and roll itself it's it's slang for sex right so i mean you know it's crazy to think that there was a time when rock and roll was considered that dangerous right especially when you hear elvis but when you hear the the original of this just like the original of a lot of these songs man they're they're dirty they become dirty because they're not as clean right so i get it i totally get it i get it why it's like there was a you know sun records it's like hey man phillips was like hey you know what we got to do we got to clean this thing up (laughs) (laughs) so and and again, at the end of the day, the black artists didn't receive the the accolades or I don't want to say reparations, but like the 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 payment for yeah or the respect that was due, right? I mean, yeah. like yeah, and like, and seriously, you think the colonel's gonna share? Colonel's gonna share? No, no. the colonel took the lion's he share for him sharing. and for Elvis, and and once that formula yeah. was in place and it was okay, and there was no rights for them to sue. Or they, mm-hmm. they didn't even have the wherewithal to think about that, you know, because who thinks about suing over something that goes into the air? You know, the Beatles, I talked about that, about exactly. their publishing money. Like, how can you how can you own something that's in the sky? Right. I mean, the whole concept of it was weird. Uh, and mm-hmm. once they once Elvis got away with it. Everybody's going to try to get away with it. Why wouldn't you? You know, it's yeah. free. So yeah. anyway, let's hear it. That was the entire 60s. Um, yep, but exactly. yeah, let's listen to Hound Dog. Uh, we'll listen to Big Mama Thornton's ver- version first. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Been snooping around my door. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Been snooping around my door. You can wag your tail, but I ain't gonna feed you no more. You told me you was hot. Just hearing Elvis's version of that, it almost sounds like it's not. It's the actual drum. It's the slap from his bass player, but it almost sounds like there's hand claps, like a. Oh, it's not in the background. Yeah, I think it's a. It's the hand slap <clears throat> from the way he's playing the bass, his his rockabilly slap kind of bass that he's playing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it sounds like that. It sounds like there's you know it's obvious. It's obviously way more pop, right? Totally, so. way more pop, and it it feels more higher energy, like in the music. But he, it feels flat in comparison yeah. to Big Mama Thornton's version. Not nearly, is... not nearly as dirty. Not nearly as dirty. <laughs> not nearly as street. Right? It's like, you know, yeah. if if uh, what it's like one is kind of a dirty nursery rhyme and the other is like two live crew. It's two different things. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's totally different. But uh, uh, very similar to that, I have my next one is is um, Step Out by Oasis. Um, and then the song that kind of 
was a little bit of a ripoff was Uptight by Stevie Wonder. So I don't oh, know if Oasis was really thinking about this when they did this, but the choruses are very similar. So anyway, here is Oasis with uh, uh, Step Out. Okay, here's Uptight by Stevie Wonder. how closely those sound that yeah, chorus the, just ties together almost the same almost the totally. same lyrics too like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like he's saying step out all right and and you know baby everything's gonna be all right so it's yeah. like it yeah i mean dude <laughs> you know okay now you're talking about a difference between probably almost 40 years between where these songs well 60s to the 90s so 30 years to where this this song came out but still I mean, that's a classic. You'll, you, what you'll hear in that song is the horn line. Once you hear the horn line, you're like, oh, yeah, I've heard this song a hundred times. Like, totally. you know it. You know, the da 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 It seems to be like that song, anytime somebody wants to delineate the soul era, quote unquote, they'll use that song and that mm-hmm. horn line in that song. So, yeah. anyway, crazy. But For when you sure. think also about how Oasis, a lot of people were considered was, they're a rock and roll band, obviously, but... Because of from Manchester, because of from England, there was always a lot of comparisons to uh, mod music, right? And, mm-hmm. and like the jam, who was a, yeah. you know, Paul Weller being a huge influence on, on Oasis. Um, so you can't tell me these guys haven't heard Northern, like what was considered Northern Soul. Oh, totally. Right. Um, so they knew, they, they've, they've heard it at any, at any mod club that would play that Stevie Wonder song totally. for sure. I would think someone like uh, the Gallagher brothers, um, Noel in particular, are, right? Who are such like amazing songwriters and lyricists are influenced by a large pool sure. of artists, you yeah. know. So I would yes. say Noel for sure. I would say yeah. Noel. I, Liam, who knows? Well, Liam's more more into the fashion side of it, right? And being the rock star himself. Yeah. But Noel really, for sure, is too smart to be like, oh yeah, I've never heard that. You know what I mean? Come on, dude. Exactly. Come on, bruh. Come on, bruh. All right. Um, okay, so I'm going to play... I'm actually going to play a Nigerian artist okay. that uh, my husband loves and then we listen to all the time. His name is Fela Kuti. Yep. So he is the... You could like, just say Fela Kuti, people know. I got to build it up somehow. But he's the... People know. The pioneer or the inventor of like the Afro-funk, Afro-beat style in the 70s. It's very like jazz, but like James Brown funk influenced. Um, I love that music and like we listen to it all the time. Um, So here's Zombie and hopefully, I don't know, you think people actually know Fela Kuti? Like I didn't know much of 
about him until John played him. I don't so. think people who are you know twelve know or you know teenagers true. know about the Lakuti unless true. they're into hip unless they're into hip hop or they sample mm-hmm. rhythms and something. But I think that artists in general know. I think people who like music know Fela Kuti is for sure. Or at least you know his sound. Yeah. So here's Zombie. Zombie, oh zombie. Zombie, oh zombie. Tell him to go straight. Na joro, jara, joro. No break, no jam, no sense. Na joro, jara, joro. Tell him to go kill. Na joro, jara, joro. No break, no jam, no sense. Na joro, jara, joro. Tell him to go quench. Na joro, jara, joro. No break, no job, no sense. That was great, actually. That reminds me of everything that like the Beastie Boys ever wanted to be. You know what I mean? When you hear yeah. stuff like that. And they have sampled Feli Kuti. Mm-hmm. And everybody has. So I I think it's a it's really great. I mean, as far as an original original sound. Um he's he's more of the dance music. I actually am a big fan of high life music, which is similar to that. Uh, only it's more guitar driven, yeah. uh, but very, so the rhythms are, are very similar. What I think, I mean, Fela really did that better than anybody. You know what I mean? It's, and uh, yeah, so, so that's, that's a, that's a really good one. That's a hard one to, to follow me, actually. To me, that sounds like the seventies. Totally. The yeah. 70s. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you think black, black exploitation film, you know, you think like a yes. shaft type of a movie that, where you have that's that. where you get that sound from. Right. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's a great one. Um, okay. I'm going to, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do, um, I'm going to do George Harrison. Um, okay. George Harrison had a solo career, obviously after, you know, after the Beatles, uh, and in 1970, he came out with a song mm-hmm. that you've all heard, the My Sweet, My Sweet Lord. It's the you know, it's his single song, and he's got this very distinct guitar sound in it, and whatever. But it's a total ripoff of a Chiffon song um, called "He's So Fine." So uh, Chiffon's being a um, a uh, I think they're a I think they're a quad quadrette. No, I not a trio, but a quadrette. Quad, yeah, quadra. Yeah, anyway, they're a group of singers, female <laughs> black singers. They were really popular in the in 1965. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so you think about that, and then I'm gonna play. Uh, I'm gonna play "My Sweet Lord," which you've heard. Everybody's heard this song like a hundred times, and then everybody's heard the other song too. But see how surprisingly they they sound alike. My sweet Like literally the same song. Same song. Same it blows song. My same mind. exact song. Blows like, my mind. Now, don't get me wrong. George Harrison is great, and hit the lyrics obviously are way different or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's is it the is it the 
struggle of a pop artist to be like, man, I just hear all this stuff and I spit out my own kind of a take on it. Or I mean, I don't want to say that George Harrison copied the chiffons, but I also, because it's a great song, but it's so similar. It's crazy. It, I guess as a musician and obviously you would know more than me, but like, what's that line where you're inspired by versus you're sampling and essentially yeah yeah is it an homage to the chiffons i don't know i don't know if that's what he's doing or what but uh is it is it like teleplay by george harrison screenplay by story by the chiffons (laughs) i have no idea like how you would do that but it's uh you know it's pretty crazy and there's so many and actually harrison's a little and and paul mccartney's a little different too um harrison wrote or uh he wrote something in the way uh and the initial part of that song um something in the way she moves whatever that actually is totally stolen at the time the beatles had signed james taylor uh to apple and he was recording the same time they were doing like let it be wherever it was (laughs) in the same studio and they totally ripped off the first something in the way she moves was one of his songs (laughs) it's like the exact lyric they took right from his thing put it in one of their songs (laughs) that's nuts it's insane but anyway um but yeah so so there's there's plenty of them there's plenty of those they're like they're all out there but anyway if if we um don't play one that you know of let us know like message us yeah i want to know more yeah these comparisons there are some stuff you don't think of just because there's so much music out there like you always know you like the song but then maybe you like it because you've heard it before (laughs) totally yeah yeah exactly exactly all right well what do you have next so I'm not doing a comparison, but this is just another uh, Black Pioneer. I'm going to play Sylvester, and I can't remember if I've played Sylvester before, but I he's, he's a pioneer in the disco scene. He was a black, openly gay disco artist in the 70s um, with flamboyant, I hate saying flamboyant, but with like a huge stage presence where he often went in drag um well if he was gay they would call it flamboyant if he was straight they would say he's a showman right like james brown was a showman what a showman he was okay liberace he wore capes dude (laughs) 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 that fool wore capes all right i'm just saying yeah (laughs) Uh, so i mean um sylvester was great and again doesn't get the credit he deserves for that disco sound um especially with artists nowadays who borrow from that sound often forget about this artist and he was obviously openly gay but openly um queer and like gender bending as well before that term was really used yeah um in the in the context that it's used now like he really um like embraced the spectrum and um Similar to Bowie. Didn't fall to one side. Yeah. Similar to Bowie, how he was androgynous, right? But Bowie had to hide behind that he was an alien in order to pull that off, right? When you think about that, it's like that's the genius of Bowie, but also the selling of Bowie is Mm -hmm. weird like that. But that's very similar 
and white music and in black music too, you know. Totally. Um, and then uh, I actually have a, a whole thing about the Rolling Stones, and not to interrupt you, but it relates to your point. Mm-hmm. Where I'm going to send it to you so we can we can post this with it. It's a really long okay. Slate article about the music, and it had an interesting point about the '70s and how the backlash of hating disco. Um, you know, they had this these disco sucks kind of things in the late 70s where they were, you yeah. know, punk was coming back and rock was coming back, which essentially was just code for anti-gay. A lot of it was code for yeah. anti, yeah. you know, and so um, there, it kind of leads into this artist that you're going to play a little bit. But we'll we'll post that uh, along with it. It's very interesting. If you've got, you know, it's probably 15 or 20 minute read, though. It's It's pretty long and mostly circled around the Rolling Stones, which I will probably get to eventually. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I figured one of us would play that. So. Right. But All yeah, right. Well, let's, let's um, yeah, this song is, um, where'd it go? You Make Me Feel. And it's like a 10 minute song, but obviously we'll just play right. a little bit of it. That's a great song. And then with that theremin yeah. that he has in the background. I mean, I've heard that song probably a hundred times. You go to you go to weddings and stuff and people play that. You know, roller rinks, people play that song. So it's that's super cool that you that you pick that um, one. So while I was playing that, I'm like, this is Blondie, Heart of Glass. Yep. Like the I w- intro. I was gonna say Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was gonna say Heart of Glass and the bass line could uh-huh. also be New Order. Do de do de do de do de do de you know Totally. What I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy when you think about it, like how much is just bitten from other things. You know, when you talk about bands like that, like New Order, you talk about Blondie, it's not necessarily that they're unique per se. It's the fact that they have, they've melded these genres together, right? So like Blondie has, they're from the Bowery, artsy band, beautiful headline singer, kind of like a rock band, but also has these other elements that are going on in the street disco and hip-hop and you know punk rock and all this yep. other stuff it's which funny makes it how, great it's funny how blondie like gets put into like the punk artists 70s yeah. but there's so much disco in their music and yeah. pop in their music there's so much of everything yeah. they really are the microcosm of if new york was like the more the most important place let's say lower the lower lower manhattan was the most important place in the late 70s or, or mm-hmm. in, in after 77, let's say, or, se- you know, or so, then Blondie had to be the most important band because more so than the Ramones, because the Ramones mm-hmm. pioneered one style, but Blondie was all of it. Like, they were all of it yeah. together. And, uh, man, and you have Deborah Harry, too. Like, if you want to talk about an A&R guy's wet dream, it's like you got this beautiful <laughs> woman, right? And then yeah. 
great lyrics and the, the production value of these things were great and i mean clem burke playing drum i mean it was a great band and i'm not even a huge blondie guy because i feel like they're kind of i kind of lump a lot of that music into like classic rock because that's where it's played you know what i mean yeah so like i lump it in with yeah. zeppelin i lump it in with other things and really i think blondie is like a deep dive band i bet you'd find some really great gems in there if you did that actually and um, they have- i watched go go ahead Oh, I was no, gonna go say ahead. there was a there was a old um, VH and I think we mentioned it before a VH1 documentary where it was like behind the tracks or something like that where they actually mm-hmm. take the reel to reels from the record from the albums and they play them they kind of talk about how they recorded it which is really that's a cut above like like studio geekery for me like I absolutely love it but other people might find it really boring <laughs> <laughs> which probably did that's why they don't air the show anymore but what were you gonna say? No. um... It's dumb. I'm like, Blondie has a billion albums out, but we really only ever hear, like, that late 70s, yeah, early glass. 80s stuff. Like, you hear yeah. you hear that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which so, is unfortunate. It is. Um, okay, so I am going to play... Actually, you know what? Since we brought up classic rock, I'm going to do that. Um, I'm going to play Whole Lot of Love by uh, Led Zeppelin. And if anybody knows me, they know I can't stand classic rock. I hate it. I don't like the Beatles are where I kind of draw my line. I, I consider them to be pioneers and uh, even the stones too a little bit uh, for what they did. But um, I don't like classic rock at all. I don't like Zeppelin. I don't, and don't send emails. I don't give a shit. I just don't care. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it, you know? And it's because I think it's because my siblings all listened to it when I was a kid and I was so much younger than them that, you know, I just didn't like it. I don't like Queen. I don't like Zepp. I don't like any oh, of these. Oh, I don't like you know. Queen. Yeah. I've so, just heard um, it too much. It's just, yeah, it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but I'm going to play Whole Lot of Love, and then we're going to play Muddy Waters after. And it's it's pretty uncanny the way these two uh, are, are, are joined. So here's A Whole Lot of Love by Zeppelin. Definitely a fan of the original. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a fan of Muddy Waters. Yeah, I am exactly. not. I'm not. I'm in the same boat with you. I'm not a Zeppelin fan. I'm not a classic rock fan whatsoever. Um, doesn't appeal to me. But yeah. even just you know trying to listen to them side by side, I think the Muddy Waters version is for the same reason. For the same reason that your Elvis tune that you played is dangerous. Yeah. Like right, mm-hmm. it's sexual and it's dangerous and it's it's way more you know back alley like grime than Mm -hmm. than the zeppelin version which zeppelin is like oh this is a stadium band made for white kids to you know it's just it's dumb question and i'm gonna show my age and ignorance is led zeppelin 
a UK band or are they American? Yeah. No, they're, they're UK. UK? Yeah. So you think, I'm just trying to think of how they got away with it. Is it because it's across water is in like black Southern music wasn't as accessible? Well, it's the same so way the Stones. So the, sto- yeah. the, the Stones were... The Stones were marketed as an R&B band. Like, mm-hmm. if you, there's all these articles. Uh, there was a very famous article in the 60s called uh, Would You, it was a, I think it was a Melody Maker in one of these articles, but Would You Let Your Sister Date a Rolling Stone? Because the Rolling Stones were considered so dangerous and so subversive, but <laughs> the racism was that it was tied in because they were, they scoffed at being a, skiffle band or a rock and roll band or a yeah. mop top beatles type of band or you know whatever and they wanted to be known as an r&b band now a blues band yeah. is what they wanted to be known as and so mm-hmm. they you know they took that appreciation for all of this music and it's not racist there for them because they're paying an homage to it they love it yeah. and yeah. as early as the as early as the late 60s the rolling stones were playing with muddy waters they're, they're like on their tour i think they had um oh they had Oh gosh, let me look. Was it Jimmy Reed and Bo Diddley or something like on one of the oh, on one of their know. tours in like the '60s? So they really, you know, they 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 loved that. They loved being known as that type of band. So I think with Zeppelin when they came around too, Zeppelin again, it was like an homage thing. They just they they made no bones about it. Like, oh no, this is who we we really want to emulate. We want to emulate these. It wasn't like this is an original. We're doing it. Um, uh, it, it's like we want to emulate these stars, but make it a little more modern, more palatable for for what they're doing. Not to mention, like they, I I doubt that they paid, you know, a whole lot of love. I, I doubt that they paid money to Muddy Waters for that. Maybe and I think did. that wasn't that the controversy of like, I don't remember if it was from Rolling Stones. And I don't know if you're gonna play a Rolling Stones song or not. We'll talk about it later. But like, wasn't like Muddy Waters or like some blues artists not paid? properly yeah. for their contribution to this band so, um, yes. and I think that's part of it it's like I understand having the appreciation and I understand um, taking them on tour but it, it kind of reminds me recently of like some tennis player or even talking about that one um, football player that just won his seventh championship oh Tom Brady yeah Tom Brady like calling him like the greatest athlete of our time but no there's like the William, the Serena Williams and Venus Williams sisters, like they're yeah. huge athletes. Like so, it's and like in other interviews, um, other tennis players, you know, when they've been credited for being like a world champion, they're like, no, Serena and Venus like did that before me. So like I don't know enough about those bands to know if they gave these black artists credit, monetarily, monetary credit as well as like constantly reminding people in interviews and stuff that yeah this well, is where they came from i doubt it um there is I one it. i, I yeah. wasn't gonna play it but i am now since you brought that up uh, i'll okay. play it next uh a case with the isley brothers and how they actually went to court and they mm-hmm. made 5.6 mm-hmm. million dollars yes from one michael bolton so we will play that <laughs> uh, next but in regards to the rolling stones i actually took this snippet out of this article that that I made reference to, but okay. it says the Rolling Stones were born from the subculture cauldron of British blues and folk revival in which young British men developed obsessive relationships with black music and the doorway to to mystical auth- authenticity and escape from post-war Brit- 
uh, British witnessed that all that provided. So what that basically says, like, there was this obsession that was from there because it was rebellious, but it wasn't – they could still get girls. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't like punk rock where it's like, man, we're gutter punks and we live this life. This was kind of the intro to a lot of that where it's like, like we – we want to get girls and this music will help us do that. And this is part of the, you know, so the Rolling Stones, I think, I mean, I think you can play them. I don't really, I don't want to, there's so much, there's so much that they've done. I mean, you could, Mm -hmm. any one of their song, Brown Sugar, any one of them, it's like, man, yeah, man, it's, it's really, it's really off the charts. And if you want to have any more information about how the Rolling Stones stole black music, quite literally, I can, there's four or five articles I came across in a three minute search today. So definitely it's out there. This was, this was uh, an episode that we've put effort into or at least some effort into so we're yeah, going to include bit, like effort, all the sure. articles and links and videos and stuff that we uh found on this subject um and on the artists just to give you some more background information on them too so we'll be posting all of that um in the show notes so you can click sure. it real long so yeah we'll i'm actually sure. going to send one of this to julia right now we're on here so i do not forget so yeah it's uh it's it's crazy. But anyway, why don't you go ahead with yours? Yep. Okay, so this I took from, um, because it's Black History Month, there's a lot of uh, shows focused on black history. And one that I was watching the other day was Drunk History. And they actually right. do uh, an episode on black musicians and the history of hip hop. So I love Drunk History. I think it's such a good show. It's like, pretty hilarious. It's I pretty love funny. it. So I've only much. seen like four or five of them my whole life. Oh, really? Although oh. I was on a flight with your husband one time uh, uh-huh. from Scotland, and uh, we landed in LAX, and there was a um, a black woman was our was our waitress was our waitress was our uh, stewardess, and yeah. she she was I was in the jump seat, not to interrupt you, but she was right across from me, and I was in like she was in the jump seat right across from like the the bulkhead area where I was sitting, and. You know, she, friendly enough. I mean, it's a long flight, so it was on headphones the whole time anyway. Yeah. But afterwards, she was talking to me. We started chatting. She asked me, are you somebody that I might know? Are you, like, famous <laughs> or whatever? I'm like, no. She goes, you're not on a TV show? I'm like, no. And she goes, you – okay. And and as we're getting up and leaving from this flight, she was flirting with me. Like, I And I was too stupid to realize Ooh. it. Your husband pointed it out that she was. She, it, she's like – she's touched – she, like, touched me on my jacket. And she's uh-huh. and she's like – she's like – um, you look just like this guy that's on my favorite show. I'm like, oh, really? I go, is it Jim Belushi show or something? I don't understand. She goes, no, Drunk History. You look just like the guy. I was much thinner then, you know, and I had like this nose. And, and I was like, okay. I'd never seen the show, so I watched it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of an insult. Actually, it's not oh. a really good thing. But it's her favorite show. But And John was like, dude, you totally could have like went out and had drinks with that chick. Like she was all about it. I'm like, oh. I even could've, I was like, I was so tired. I just want to go home. I'm sorry, and, and I'm so oblivious. <laughs> Low self esteem will do that to you. Totally right? oblivious. <laughs> anyway, um, go ahead. Drunk so history. Anyways, drunk history did an episode on the pioneers of hip hop, and Questlove was the drunk guest on the episode. Oh, that's dope. That's got to be so good. <laughs> it was really funny. It's one that they're probably replaying a lot right now because it's February. Um, but they did, like I said, early hip hop. So I'm going to play DJ Cool Herc. Cool. And he is the creator of like the breakdown. Yep. Um, so, you know, when you're the way they explained it or Questlove explained it is, you know, when you get to a song or like James Brown, 
uh, you know, says we're going to give the drummer something to break down. Yeah. That's like the peak of the song, you know, like the high point of the song. And people go crazy for that. So DJ Cole Herc saw that at his gigs and thought, I'm just going to play that. So that's what he would do is just play the breakdown or that like high point, the peak part of the song over and over and over again to keep people keep people dancing yeah keep them out there yeah. the whole time so basically he created that and created the merry-go-round theory where you use like two turntables and would like fade into one song and just continuously yeah. have the, cross the other into song them, yeah yep. right yeah so that's what he's famous for and forgot who played him in drunk history but uh it was a good episode i suggest you all go watch it but let's listen to a little bit of dj colherk So that's like uh, that's like every great hip hop song ever. That's the template for it. Right. I mean, it's yeah. just really super cool, really super cool. But yeah, I didn't know all that. I didn't know that DJ Colehurt was the was the pioneer of that. I always knew he was a he was a DJ. I didn't know that he was like the guy who. Yeah. I mean, knowing that he he's the guy who said, let's use two turntables. <laughs> so there's no gap in music. And how do we wire these things together with a Radio yeah. Shack little mixer? You know, it's crazy. That's what's nuts to me is that really true artistry is made from whatever what whatever's around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like these guys were able to piece together house turntables and wire something up from a Radio Shack just to mix this thing, mix them both together. You know what I mean? It's It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that... It's pretty cool that there's nothing that stops it. If there's something that you want to do or want to achieve or want to become, there's nothing that gets in the way. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's really really dope. So anyway, awesome. awesome. I'll, I'll and I just sent that. you the drunk history segment saw, where yeah. they talk about it. So watch oh, Method Man. Time. Does Method Man play? Method Man plays Cool Herc. That's cool. He's in it. No. Oh, gotcha. Did he play Cool Herc? I don't remember, but he's in it. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Well, hey, we we talked that I, I I mentioned we mentioned monetary settlements here. So I don't know how many songs I got left, but you uh, have three. I have three songs left. Yes, oh, geez. you have this one. I know it feels like we played a lot. I'm like, well, because we're I'm, playing two and one and yeah. two and one, so that's probably why. Um, we don't. I don't have to play all three because we're getting we're over. We're about an hour right now into this episode. Yeah, we can play as much as we want. We could stop at twelve and just cut it. Okay, cool. Short too. Cool. So that'll yeah. be how many then? Just two so then you have one more and I have one more. Okay, That's I'll it. just do this one. I'll just do this okay. one then. Um, there's plenty on my list here. Uh, um, one one of the best ones is the Beach Boys is Surfing USA, and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Little Sixteen or no Sweet Sixteen from Chuck Berry. It's the exact same song. It's the exact same song. Like except one's about surfing and one's about you know having a having an underage girlfriend so <laughs> it's basically the same i won't get i'm not going to get to it uh because i want to play this i haven't really found how these songs are totally alike to be honest um mm-hmm. one is very bad it's early it's okay. early 90 like 1990 bad like remember pop in 1990 was like amy grant and people like michael bolton 
Yes. And shit like that. That's it. Yes. This is Michael Bolton. So it's Love is a Wonderful Thing. And I'm going to play it. And then I'm going to play another song by the Isley Brothers. Uh, so Soul Legends, the Isley Brothers. And it's actually Stagger Lee that I'm going to play, uh, which we have talked about Stagger Lee as an Americana song, as a dirge, like, about a murdering guy who lives in their town yeah. and nobody wants to mess like with Stagger Lee, right? That before, the yeah. Isley Brothers version is very cool. And it's, it's a total, I mean, Bolton, anyway, I'll, we'll play it and then we'll talk about it. But here's okay. Love is a Wonderful Thing first. There's no denying that, like, Michael Bolton can sing. He's a, sure. He can sing. But it's like they played, it's like they played the Isley Brothers for him. They're like, we want you to do this, but right. at 50%. <laughs> Please. Right. Yeah. You know? So, so the Isley Brothers in 1991 or whenever, 1990, mm-hmm. I think that came out. First off, let's just talk about the, there's always errors of production, right? Errors of production that you can kind of know when you hear them, what the sound they were going for. Like the 80s, you can tell, but we had talked about that DX7 keyboard. You can hear that and mm-hmm. know it's the 80s, right? But when I hear that drum snare, that beat that's in the beginning of the Michael Walton shit, it drives me insane. It's so bad. It And it's so just, it's so from that time. It's that, totally the 90s. Yes. That's, and it's that's just, what it is. it's kind of like everything that, you hate about pop music and when you mm-hmm. think about it like that's what i like grew i had to grow up on that like you know and and think that oh wow all the discoveries i've did did with music I had to do on my own because that's what was on the radio like we had to listen to that but uh, anyway the osley brothers they went on uh they sued bolton and his co-writer andrew goldmark and sony um for plagiarizing their song <laughs> and they were ordered to pay $5.2 million. It's the largest payment in music history to the to the Asley Brothers for, for plagiarizing a song. So That's there great. you go. Yeah. So anyway, um, there is that. So justice does exist, people. Love it does to exist. see it. It does exist. Love to see it. Um, so I lied. I'm going to end up playing song 11. Can you round it off with 12? Sure. Yeah. Okay. We'll just do a nice even number even number so i'm gonna play i think i'm just gonna play nina simone because she's a pioneer in her own right like she's she's um uh an accomplished pianist they call her the priestess of soul of blues music um trained at juilliard she's in the rock and roll hall of fame you know she was not to mention a civil rights pioneer and, as ex- and you know yeah i was gonna say she performed and was a part of the civil rights movement in 
uh, Selma and Montgomery. She has a song, Mississippi Goddamn, which yeah. came out around that time. Um, you can hear her music sampled in like Kanye's um, song Famous or in Jay-Z's song Blood on the Leaves. Um, truly like a very sad story as well with her. Um, there's a couple of really good documentaries, which we should go back. That could be another side podcast where it's just you and music documentaries oh there you go um, yeah <laughs> and you just we just review them um which i think we talked about doing some like mystery theater five thousand yeah the mystery science thing. theater that'd be cool yeah yeah i don't know how we can do it but we should do it at some point but um you know she she had a sad ending to her life i think or if i remember correctly but her music is just prolific and it's this isn't the first time we've played her songs we i think we played her on the halloween mix and a couple of other songs i think our america give that country a drink episode we played her um yep. but this song will be like one of her more uh famous songs <clears throat> called i love you porgy so let's take a listen let him take me don't let him handle me with his hot hands If you can keep me I want to stay here With you forever I've got my man Yeah, her voice is absolutely incredible. Just like the... It almost... What I love about great singers is that their voice is almost effortless where they just open their mouth just a little bit and all this yeah. comes out of it, right? It's like, it's amazing. Like, I don't know. We watched something last night and Pop and um, Andre Bocelli was on it and his mouth opens this much. Like, it's, it's <laughs> he, he, like yeah. you, could, you could put a Tootsie Roll in his mouth yeah. and he's still singing like this. And she has that where over, Roy Orbison too had that where he didn't have to scream. He just opened his mouth a little bit. Man, you get it. Like, you get the emotion behind what... what and, like... What... Sorry, go ahead. No, she, she's just incredible. Her voice is absolutely incredible. It's really great. And her voice isn't a traditionally... She's not a traditionally, like, good singer. Like, she's a... Yeah. You know, her voice is extremely different from you know, like a pop star's yeah. voice or something like that. Like, yeah. If you were looking at like Lena Horne, uh, who was popular at the same time, she's a uh -huh. very good singer, very good pop singer. Right. And, yeah. and could do show tunes and all this other stuff. Where Nita Simone, you wouldn't want that. Like you would, no. you, she's an artist, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is great. There's up, there's people I've said it before a million times. The reason why American Idol sucks is because there is no shortage of good singers. Like singers are yeah. great. You know, there's people who have Christina Aguilera has an incredible voice. Like, there's some really mm -hmm. great singers in the world. It doesn't mean they're artists. And it, it, you know, it doesn't matter. And unless they have somebody picking a good material for them or helping them write or whatever, it, it has to be the whole package. The the yeah. writing, it has to be all of it. And Anita Simone is just, she's real. You know? You, yep. You can absolutely tell when anybody's faking their head and heart connection. You know what I mean? When they're not in congruity with what they think, with what, how they feel, you know it. And she can't do it any other way. Like, there's yeah. no way. You couldn't have her do, hey, can you do a Sprite commercial? No, I can't. <laughs> you know, I just can't. <laughs> Sorry, man. I just I just can't do it. Because you know? she loves 7-Up. Yeah, she loves 7-Up. Exactly right. Sorry. And you, yeah, Sorry. and Sprite keeps people down. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so that's a yeah. great one. I hate I, to even end it. I would love to end it there because she's we got can. such a great voice. 
I'll do know. an odd number. I love Nina Simone. Yeah, I I think I because I mean I. So homework for everybody. If you're really interested and you have Spotify and who like like you're paying for it, who cares? Um, <laughs> listen to Serving USA and then l- listen to um, My Sweet Sixteen or whatever the uh, Chuck Berry song is. It'll be one of the first four that come up for Chuck Berry, and listen to the. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like wow, wow, dude, wow. Uh, turns out that uh, you know Brian Wilson didn't have a competitive streak not only with Paul McCartney but also with Chuck Berry. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to steal this one straight, straight ahead, steal it. Even the opening lick, it's like, oh, crazy. Anyway. Everybody um, listen to it. Everybody listen to that. Um, so before we go, like, since we're cutting it a little short, let's do, like, near, what do we call it? Near misses? Near misses? Yeah. Yeah. Near misses. Yeah. Um, I had, uh, well, I obviously, Surfing USA and uh, Chuck Berry's My, my Little Sixteen. Uh, I had that. I also had. Um, uh, we played a lot of mine, actually. Um, I have. Oh, I have uh, the Doors, uh, Crawling King Snake, um, and I have that is actually the same song as a John Lee Hooker song. And it's mm. way different, way different. Uh, so those are the ones I would look at if if you wanna wanna hear that. A lot of the Doors, a lot of the Doors are. Are John Lee Hooker and Jimmy Reed and Bo Diddley were 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 the three yeah. that were stolen a lot from the Doors, and you know they made him a little more progressive with Barry Manzarek playing you know keyboard on them or playing the the um, playing that farpisa on them, which is great. Uh, but way I mean, dude, <laughs> it's just they're just stealing Night songs. That's all they're yeah. doing. Yeah, L.A. Yeah. Woman and all. That. Oh, jeez, man, crazy. Which Doors are another band that I'm just doesn't do anything for me yeah they don't do anything for me but as a keyboard player i actually have grown to like them just because oh. of the rayman zarek connection plus he produced the first x record and i kind of like that oh really? here was this classic rock guy from la that produced mm-hmm. another band a quintessential band from la the album's called los angeles you know i mean it's pretty cool so that i i grew to love rayman zarek and also i um uh, you know i uh I had a thing with his with with his niece. I kind of fell in love with his niece when I was in element or or uh, middle school and unrequited love there. But uh, that's another story for another time. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is um, another side project that we'll talk another about. Another side project. Un- unrequited, unrequited love. loves from middle school. <laughs> that's the coming uh, in the fall on the Mike and Julia podcast network. So just so you guys know, that is mixtape mixtape podcast mixtape mixtape podcast minisode. Also the uh, the ER championship ER talk mm-hmm. uh, and and among others. So there's lots of things in the can. You know, we always saying. have content for you guys. Got content. So very I was going to talk about content. Oh, very specific, tailored to the taste of mid thirties to mid forties people. For, mid forties, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, mid thirties and up. And because uh, <laughs> you know people that just crush podcasts that's our that's our network it's yep. mid-30s plus um so i was gonna where play gonna find ex- a place or to huh? sell all these drugs at oh here you go <laughs> anyway we're we're the vh1 of podcasts you know there you go there it is yeah, there it is um so i was gonna play x-ray specs you know polystyrene's like a pioneer in the punk scene um being a black artist in the punk scene or you know talk about bands like bad brains not necessarily oh, yeah. pioneers but 
I don't know, the, man. You think not necessarily? Did I they mean, create a? They didn't create like a punk sound unless they created a punk sound. Yes, they did. But I don't. Okay, did they so create a genre? No, probably not. No. But uh, like, seriously, to have to have four black guys in DC. That's what I'm saying. That's what they're pioneers for is for being black punk musicians. Right. And damn really good like really good you know where every white kid in the crowd was like damn okay i don't know But you know what you're right because i'm forgetting bad brains and they have that mix of like reggae reggae speed metal like punk rock like they dude i was wrong yeah and and Um, politically charged lyrics as well so one thousand bad brains deserves if you have the bad brains capital you know um being hit with a lot bolt of lightning like tattoo you're right to yeah. have that because it's i fought myself six or seven different times i'm getting that tattoo <laughs> myself <laughs> who's to stop you now you're i'm an just adult. saying i'm saying everybody has it you know you're an adult like, um but yeah bands like that um missed missed my list grace jones could have played we didn't grace play jones, prince yeah. oh yeah i'm dude we, you know you, like we're, you know what we're terrible we shouldn't even do i know this. we stopped we short this? and then we have all these mm. artists that- but Prince you know what? I think that just too. means uh, black Americans or black musicians have just created and created so much for the American music scene and like Bella Kuti for the African music scene. Like, where would this country be without these artists? Like, yeah. what is uniquely American? Um, these sounds are uniquely American and created by black Americans. Absolutely right. Absolutely yep. right. And, and thank, and thanks for it. You know what I mean? Like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. 1000%. You know, there's so many great artists and, and, and even that, I think that, you know, I always say that, um, music is more of a, it's more of a stew than it is like a, a baked item. It's not a science, right? It's, it's just mm-hmm. kind of like a little of that, a little of this. And if you get a little too much of that, you can put a little more of that in it yep. and balance it out. And that's kind of the beauty of music is that, uh, you know, popular music anyway, is that it's, it's, it really, there are no rules there are really no boundaries with it. So, um, yeah. I like that. I like that you can take that you can take a beat like a fella cootie beat and then you can hear a new order song in it. You know what I mean? I like mm-hmm. I, th- that's beautiful to me. That's like that. That means that we're all speaking the same skeletal language. We all know the alphabet, yeah. and it's whatever verse, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever verse that this particular artist is contributing. Even if half of the verse came from something else, it's still really cool. So, so hear me when I say that. I'm not hating on people. Well, I might be hating on, hating on Michael Bolton a little bit, but uh, I'm not hating on any of the art, artists really for stealing stuff unless it's a blatant steal i think oasis is talented you know i think uh mm-hmm. yeah i you know i think um uh, i think a lot of the art other artists like the beach boys are one of my you know favorite yeah. bands and uh you know and they're they're talented they didn't need to steal anything but mm-hmm. they did you know and that's the point it's like we're all kind of in this biting things from each other it's just kind of how we all live we all we're we are the creature that gets imbibed. We imbibe this stuff, and then our product comes out, you know, from what we've yeah. taken in. So, I think it's just um, remembering to acknowledge yeah. where these sounds came from, who you are inspired by or borrowing from, and, you know, just making that honorable mention to those artists, you know. Absolutely. And, and hey, if you're, a, if you're a big star, maybe throw them a few bucks. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we were watching this uh, about ten years ago. Now I watched there. There's a really good article. Um, 
a really a really good uh, documentary called um, Rate not Rage and Fallon no Ryman and Spielin. Anyway, it's about the Firehose, the band Firehose that I really mm. like and played on the show a bunch. But it has all these people from Anthony Kiedis to um, to uh, uh, what's his name um, Dave Grohl, it's mm-hmm. like all these rock and roll alternative rock and roll gods really that are on this thing, and they're talking about the influence of fire hose and mike watt and all this stuff and and uh the person i was watching with this said to me well don't they don't they like if everybody recognizes them as such a great band and a short-lived band they get money for that though right and i had to look at her and say no they don't get there's no pension fund yeah for for greatness you just kind yeah. of like this is their payoff is that they're in oh can you be in my documentary that the people so so my parents will think i haven't wasted my life mm-hmm. which is sad which is really sad yeah you know because there like, should be a fund. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out how to compare it. Is it like being a parent? Or is it like being the parent of Barack Obama? Or being the parent, you know, like the person who's credited for raising this profound, important person in society? Or... Right, or whoever, you know. You know, you're a teacher. Or, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, whatever. Who, who, or Miles Davis. I mean, whoever. Mm-hmm. Like, who was the person that inspired that? Mm-hmm. And realistically, I guess music with music, it really takes a village. I mean, you know, Miles Davis sounds changed when he moved to the West Coast. It just did. Yeah. You know, he was surrounded by different things. Sound changed. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we're kind of a product by osmosis of what we what we're what we surround ourselves with. And that's why it's kind of hard where people can't write unless they write from angst. You know what I mean? Because at least that's a visceral emotion. When you're yeah. happy, it's hard to feel a visceral emotion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's anyway. We can go down that road. That's we can a go on. Thing. Let's yeah. cut this and just appreciate the sounds of these black artists and continue to celebrate Black History Month, not just in February, but all year long, all the time, and Indeed. fight for black rights. Indeed. And uh, once again, thanks, Julia, for uh, putting up with me. And thanks to super producer Christina. <laughs> and if you guys want to reach us, reach us at Mixtape Mixtape Pod cast on Pod instagram cast um mixtape mixtape podcast.com um leave us a review on itunes we got a new review recently which is very nice we did um yeah wow. we did was it my we mom did. <laughs> was it, <laughs> no was it somebody you don't know him i don't know him either wow that's amazing <laughs> um you know we need reviews we really want to I think the third year is the year we build the podcast. That's really where we're, we get into it. <laughs> the third That's year. That's the time. That's what we're yes. doing. The incubation, pe- the incubation period is over, people. <laughs> and now we're building this thing to compete. <laughs> uh, so um, let us, if you have ideas for t- for episodes, for mixtapes, if you want to be on the show, have an idea for a guest, let us know. We'll yeah. work it Open out. Open to suggestions. Clearly, we don't know what we're doing. But happy 100th happy podcast. A happy 100 to you, too. And a good day to you, madam. Until Bye-bye. next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now.
Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mixtape Mixtape Podcast for show notes, pictures, and behind-the-scenes snaps. And while you're at it, head over to the website, <laughs> MixtapeMixtapePodcast.com for complete playlists as well as links to all the spot- songs on Spotify. Just know that I worked really hard in putting all those playlists up and I have feelings. Or did you work really hard at avoiding other responsibilities? Shut up. Just don't forget to tell your friends. One more thing. We know you're busy people, but go ahead and click to review and give us a five-star rating or comment on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.